0: welcome to the embodied leadership podcast hosted by yours truly rachel fisher mindset and energy coach and embodiment queen this podcast is here to help you create sustainable transformation and success as a coach and entrepreneur we'll be diving into all things regarding upgrading your beliefs ditching self-sabotaging patterns for good mastering your energy, embodying your magic as a leader, and rewiring your subconscious mind and body to create a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Let's dive in. Welcome back to this week's episode, everyone. I am so excited to have you here. Today, we are going to be diving into a juicy conversation with Ali Phillips, all about embodied leadership, self-trust, personal values, disrupting current structures, and busting through those fucking glass ceilings. So, I'm really excited to have Allie here. She specializes in being an embodied leadership coach for dance, fitness, and wellness studio owners. She is widely known for her ability to disrupt and challenge the status quo. She's passionate about deconditioning, unconscious biases, having tough conversations around social issues, and the exploration of energetics as it relates to our human experience. So I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I feel like, did you, did I write that or did you write that?
0: You wrote this.
1: (laughs) I, I sound great. I sound really great. The way that you just like introduced me, I was like, she sounds like she's got it going on. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm so pumped to dive into this conversation. I know we've been connecting back and forth about having this interview for quite some time. And so I'm so grateful to finally have you on the show. And I think a great place to start would be for you to just share with everyone a little bit more about yourself and what led you to this incredible journey that you're currently on.
1: Mm, Thank you for the invitation. So it started, I grew up dancing my entire life. I was a very outspoken, confident kid. Um, I think bossy was probably a word that was like thrown around, but really nurtured by my family and by my teachers. I wasn't stifled in that. Uh, just natural outspokenness at all, which I'm super grateful for. Uh, Grew up dancing, wanted to be a dancer. And when I was in high school, my sister started a community center that had an interest in special needs. And growing up, I didn't have any experience with disability, but I used to go and volunteer at this community center. And so when I was graduating high school, once again, I had danced Since I was a kid, I had gotten early admission into university to do a dance and education degree. So there was a focus or an interest in teaching, but I really wanted to pursue performing. In parallel, I started volunteering at my dance at my sister's community center. And then she asked me if I wanted to start like a structured dance class for some of the people that came to this center. And I was like, okay, sure. I was 17 at the time. And I was like, why not? I decided to charge money, which in hindsight, I have no idea where that intuitive, just like decision came from. But at 17, I started this dance company for people with disabilities called BAM or Buster Move Dance. And that's where my leadership journey really began, like on a, on a, serious, on a serious level. I decided to really put all my energy and attention into growing this business And at the same time, pursued my my own dance career whilst really embodying what it meant to be an inclusive and accessible teacher. And I say all the time that I, I grew up through running a business. I grew up through having to trust myself and make hard decisions, say no to things. And so 12 years later, as most people can hear, I have an Australian accent, so I am from Australia. <laughs> I said that at the very, very beginning. So I started the business in Australia four and a half years ago. I moved to Toronto, Canada, and I started a branch over here as well. And so, where I am in this moment is doing me twelve years of running this dance company, learning what it means to be a leader, and moving into. A coaching space because I've just had all this experience from such a young age. So that kind of like, I guess, zoomed out gives you a bit of a snapshot of like who I am and how I've come to be here.
0: Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And it's so beautiful to listen to you and just see you speak into what you do. It's so clear how passionate you are and how devoted you are. And Clearly, you know, after 12 years, that really shows that level of devotion and commitment to following your internal yes, like and continually, like keep saying yes, you know, no matter what, it's like that continual yes to arrive in this beautiful place where, you know, you had built a business at 17 and then you moved all the way across the world and you're fucking killing it now in Canada. And like, that's just, that's just amazing. And I really appreciate you sharing all of that. And that actually really leads into something that I wanted to chat with you about, which is the conversation around self-trust. And you mentioned that even just in speaking, like the amount of self-trust it took and continually takes to keep following that yes. And so I'd be curious for you, like, what does it mean to you to have self-trust? And why do you feel it's such a crucial part of actually going after what you desire?
1: Hmm. Yeah, so many layers to that question. High level, self-trust is a part of embodied leadership and what Mm -hmm. it means to be embodied. That's high level. So that's just like, that's the easy answer. Yeah. (laughs) The harder answer is like my relationship with self-trust has shifted so many times along the journey. Mm -hmm. At 17, you don't know anything. You literally don't know anything. And so self-trust just looks like making decisions. Mm -hmm. Like it looks like trying Testing, tweaking, polishing and saying no and then kind of going, oh, I just said no. How's that going to work out for me? Oh, it worked out fine. Okay, I can say no again next time. And then it also is like, yes, like a fuck yes. And then that also working out. And then also saying fuck yes and then it blowing up in your face and going, oh, okay, why didn't that work? So -hmm. it's kind of a combination of trust and then curiosity that I think they really bounce off each other. My relationship with self-trust now, which is vastly different to what it has been in the past, is deeply grounded in spirituality and my connection mm. to God.
0: Mm-hmm. Whatever
1: word feels accessible to you, please allow that to come through for you. My, I use the word God. I really don't want to alienate anyone with that language. And you get to be radically responsible for your listening today. And so... The way that I feel and embody what it means to trust comes directly from my relationship with God and my ability to connect to my purpose, which I know is unique to me. Mm-hmm. And then the final piece, which are values, is I really believe that our values are a physical expression and a physical manifestation of our ability to trust ourselves because language and words are on our, is in our physical plane. It's, it's the way that we communicate. So it's kind of like full circle in that sense, starting with um embody, what like it just is self-trust can is just such an aspect of embodiment, but then going back to just that trialing, testing, tweaking, polishing, saying no, making it okay, saying yes, dealing with consequences, and then developing a really strong connection to spirituality.
0: Mm. Yes. Oh man, I resonate so, so deeply with everything that you said and You know, I've noticed that building self-trust for me has looked like learning to keep my promises to myself and Mm. also learning on top of that, learning how to hold myself with love and compassion in the moments that I don't keep my promises. And cultivating Mm. that self-trust is a practice and it's a daily practice. It's a daily Mm. devotion to be living in an embodied state. And I love what you said too about the spiritual aspect of trust and you know mo- i would say most people listening i don't know for sure but i think most people listening are spiritually minded as per i have deeply embodied my spirituality so i assume i could be wrong but I assume. your tribe your tribe is probably deeply <laughs> yeah. and i resonated too with what you said about reclaiming well, for me it was reclaiming the word god um i grew up catholic oh, and then left thanks. the catholic church at 12 went full atheist, had a spiritual awakening at 20. And then it was only, and I, you know, would refer to God as like source in the universe. And I yeah. still do sometimes, but I reclaimed the word God last year. And it was a very, um, yeah. fucking like groundbreaking oh. experience to reclaim that word as like just deeply embodied in my sovereignty and being like, mm-hmm. I'm, this is, this is my connection to all that is like, and being able, like you said, to lean into an energy that is far greater than you, but that you're also a part of it. It's, it's like this deep act of surrender. It's like when you can lean into that higher power, that is literally what create, like literally created everything. Like it's like what keeps the water flowing, the trees growing, your heart beating. When you can lean into that energy, it's like you're held, like you feel held and, and Yuri, at least in my opinion I've felt since deepening that spiritual trust um it's made made my life feel um less really like boggled down by chaotic stress like cuz I have something bigger than just myself to lean into like does that make sense does that resonate
1: yeah absolutely I love that I grew up jewish I used to, I, I, I heard narratives of Christians are weird and people that wear crosses around their necks, they're just, they're extremists. And those people don't celebrate Halloween. I can t- name like narratives on narratives, stories on stories. And that idea of reclaiming God and reclaiming that word came out of, um, actually from Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth and reading mm-hmm. the word Jesus and having a visceral feeling in my body of like disgust. And just having, after doing just a little bit of work, understanding like, oh, I get to lean into the curiosity of this now. Okay. So where does that come from? Where is this disgust feeling come from? Connecting to a memory and being like, oh, that's not mine. I get to say goodbye to that. And then being able to yeah, even using the word and reclaiming the word God in Instagram posts and videos, knowing that my family watch and Mm. who still identify with that, that narrative that was passed down to them and no fault of their own. And being able to, yeah, like own that choice in language,
0: in sovereignty is powerful. So I feel very aligned on that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I I read that book as well. One of the best books I've ever read. And I actually, the book that led me to reclaiming the word God was actually a return to love by Marianne oh. Williamson. And I remember I got to oh. the chapter, I to, oh. yeah, oh. got to the chapter that said God. And I remember I was sitting in this room that I'm currently in and I had oh. a couch in here at the, at the time. And I got to that chapter and I just started sobbing, just oh. uncontrollably like cathartic crying and oh. it was like this homecoming, this like welcoming back into mm. a part of myself that I had forgot. Mm. Mm. And it was just like, and that book will always be one of the most life changing books I've ever read. Yes, it's so beautiful.
1: Have you read Bell Hooks about um, All About Love? No oh I'm gonna write that down all about love. oh all about all about love by bell hooks just like on a similar vibe just like getting really curious about what love is wow just love it so yeah I feel really connected to that and I love that we've been able to to share
0: that it's really it's really beautiful Absolutely. Yeah. We went on a little bit of a different path there, but I'm here for it. I love it. It's all connected. It's all oh, connected.
1: Yeah, well, it's Like why am I bio? It says that I disrupt because I don't, there is no straight and narrow for me. I'm yes. kind of like, let's like scribble all over it to the point where my friend is designing my website. And it's, and at one point she, she, she presented some options for a website to me and I couldn't put my finger on why I didn't like it. And then I realized I was like, oh yeah, it's too pretty. It's, it's not disruptive enough. Like I'm chaotic in an amazingly beautiful way. Like my Instagram doesn't have, it's not curated. Like I don't even have color palettes, but that is just so me. And I'm, and I feel like I'm relatable in that sense of just in my mess being so real. And so I love that I can yeah we have structure and structure is beautiful and it holds us and I feel safe in the structure that you've created and because you've created such a beautiful structure I feel comfortable to be free and just like go off and on tangents
0: and yes oh uh, I like so really I'm I'm a manifesting generator I'm not sure if you're familiar uh, with human design and so yeah I'm a projector so that makes a lot of sense I, just- I need
1: structure and you're like Woo-hoo! yes <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> And I'm, it's interesting because I've learned, I'm actually just wrote a story about this um, earlier today. Like I'm, I've started to teach myself to find structure sexy um, so that it can hold my like wildness because otherwise I, I'm too all over the place and it feels too much. It feels messy and like in a way that isn't conducive to my well being. And so I've been like reclaiming like Structure is sexy, Rachel. You actually oh. can do the damn thing. You can sit down oh. and organize. Even though I'm like, I want to be bouncing yes. off the wall. I have to like remember that part of my my medicine is being able for myself is being able to learn to hold my energy.
1: <laughs> you know? Yes. It's so funny. I don't know. Well, I do actually. I do know. I attract manifesting generators as clients. I only have. I think I have two projector clients. The rest are manifesting generators. And I think it is because as a projector, I'm very grounded in structure. Yeah. And so my clients are kind of like grasping, like I've I've got too many ideas. I don't know how to control it. I don't know where my where to put my attention. And I'm like, come on, come, Dude, on, in. come so on in. Come on in.
0: But too much my my current one of my current men, actually both of my coaches or, um, aside from one of the other ones I work with and a previous coach were all projectors. I like, I definitely feel that. Yes. Because it's like, it gives me that, like, like I'm grounded
1: (laughs) And, and in opposition, I, I get to, when I work with so many manifesting generators and obviously when I'm around just like generators in general, like my boyfriend, my best friend, it, it really supports me to, um, just be a little bit more creative with my energy and be a little bit more, I would even say like reckless um, with my energy because I am very, very structured. I had an astrology reading two nights ago um, and it was just like, I, I'm i not really familiar with astrology, which is why I did the reading, but I am much more aligned with human design. But essentially like I'm so structured to, to a fault sometimes. Like mm. even like my... I, I'm, I'm, for all the people that are like really into Australia, I'm going to butcher this, but I think I have like a moon in Virgo, which is like, because the moon is so intuitive, my moon is like structured. Like mm-hmm. I can't even like give my intuition room to like be like all over. Like I'm so, so structured. So it really, I love working with manifesting generators because I get to remember to be spontaneous and to not have to have a routine every single day and to read five books at a time. And it's beautiful. (laughs)
0: It's so funny. I literally, (laughs) dude, I have like
1: 10 books on the go right now. (laughs) I'm like,
0: oh my God, I'm so
1: Yeah. That's literally, I know, I feel, I feel this for you. And I feel like, I feel me. I'm like, oh my God, I have to finish one. I have to finish one before I start the next one. It's, it's wild.
0: Just quickly interrupting this week's episode to let you know that the waitlist for my signature group coaching program, Overflow and Opulence, is ready for you to leap onto it. This group coaching program is for you if you are a premium coach who is committed to developing unfuckwithable self-trust and sustainable success. The amount of transformation, depth, support, community, and expansion that is going to transpire for the eight coaches who boldly claimed their sacred yes to being in this space is indescribable if you are committed to stepping into the vibe of overflowing amounts of worthiness and security and receiving money holy fuck yes self-trustful launching embodied ceo energy that creates sustainable success and results oh my fucking god i love you feedback from your clients you fine again and again you know what you're about, your power hold your energy, and feel fulfilled as fuck as you create ripple effects of impact, you are going to want to make sure that you click the link in the show notes at www.rachelfishercoaching.com forward slash overflow to get your booty on that wait list so you can be one of the first people who will get access to all the details next week. Now back to today's episode. Oh, I love this. And, you know, it really speaks into as well, like how we all have gifts, like regardless of like, you know, because we have to remember too, like, you know, human design, astrology, like whatever it is, these are literally, you know, frameworks that we get to use to understand ourselves, but they're not fucking rules, you know, and I think it's so beautiful to like, remember that we all have gifts and we all have things to learn from one another. And that really, you know, comes into play when we're talking about leadership and we're talking about the fact that like, you know, we're dismantling fucking that bullshit pedestals, the hierarchies, the things that like keep people feeling detached from their power, from their magic. And so I know that, you know, when we're talking about walking the path of being a leader, I know in, at least in when I think of leadership, I think of it from the lens of we're literally rising together. Like we're we're in each embodied in different things and then we can lock arms and learn things from each other and like we're parallelly growing together when we're talking about you know clients coaches like literally like we're all on the even playing field in my world and i'm curious for you because so much of leadership is it's it's there's so many layers to it but i think that one of the bigger pieces of being embodied in your leadership really does come down to your values and I'd love for you to share more about the role that personal values actually play in leadership and why, why it's important to embody those values
1: yeah I just think if you don't have values and I I'm I don't I'm not I have my values like they're on my phone like they are like mm. I walk the walk talk the talk without you without knowing what your values are first of all How you define them, second of all, and what they look like and what they don't look like, third of all, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) (laughs) Like, and that is obviously that that that's supposed to be funny because I don't want to shame anyone for not actually knowing what they're doing with their life. And my values guide me. they support my ability to physically manifest the trust that I feel in my body. So, for instance, if I, if intuitively in my body something does not feel right, I need language to be able to communicate that. That's part of my responsibility as a person is I can't just tap out of life, mm. you know. I get to, as a leader, communicate. And so when I have values, I have a framework and I have language to fall back on and say, okay, I value curiosity. Curiosity looks like, or I define curiosity as the act of, of, of embodying what it means to wonder. And so I have this person that I'm working with who intuitively I feel like they are not the right fit what would it mean to be curious about their experience of working with me? And I wonder what we could come up with together if we had a conversation about it without knowing that I value curiosity and understanding that it looks like leaning into the wonder. Mm. What am I, how, what is supporting my ability to be confident in my choices be, 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 grounded in my language and be respectful to other people.
0: Does that make sense? Oh, 1000 fucking percent. That makes sense. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. It <laughs> and it's so, it's so important, you know, to have that. It's like, it's like your internal compass, It's like your, your values are your internal compass. It's your ability to truly understand like the, the lens that you desire and choose to see life out of. Right. It's like, for example, like totally, I love your values by the way. And you know, one of mine is integrity. So it's like, it's like, if I notice and it's, it comes back to that like internal feeling, it's like, if something feels out of integrity, well, what does that actually mean for me? Like what what are my action steps if something feels out of integrity? How do I feel when I'm in integrity? What does that feel like? And how can I use that as like a signpost for this is what feels really fucking good. And this is a like basically mirror into where to redirect myself if I fall out of integrity. Yeah. No, I love that. I think the word that I want to like
1: really focus on is that feeling word. Mm -hmm. It's really, I think, um, This is, this comes back to embodiment, um, being able to access the wisdom that our body is, is giving to us. And so when you say, what does being out of integrity feel like we get to actually start the sentence with, it feels emotion, not it feels like, or it feels that because when we, when we, um when we add like or that onto the, onto the, the sentence of I feel, then it's less, it is, it, it has transformed from being a feeling to a thought. Mm. And so we get to actually tap into the feeling, not the thought. So integrity feels it could, it could feel uneasy in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, curiosity feels, Mm, it feels exciting in my chest. Mm I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'm grasping at straws. Like it's like, I (laughs) I don't, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to make an example of like the feeling part of what you said is so important and so integral to embodied leadership because that's the whole point. Embody, get out of the mind, into the body. So when you are getting clear on your, on your values, first of all, If you have too many values, you value nothing. So two to three max is what I say personally. If we go over that, I think it's different for an organization, I will say. And uh, I just like three, I like having three values. Define them, not by dictionary, but like, how do you define them? Mm. What do they look like in terms of three behaviors that are in alignment or in integrity with them? three Three that are out of alignment. And then what does it feel like in the body so that you can actually identify what you're actually feeling.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I I love what you said too, about narrowing down the values to be more precise, because I think that that kind of happens sometimes as we are like, Oh, like I need to have like 15 values. And then sometimes it just, it clouds the whole purpose behind why we're choosing those values. And oftentimes, you know, one one word like describing a value could be very much related to like many kind of offshoots of certain feelings and behaviors and all the things. And I love what you said about the feeling piece, because I think that so many people try or unconsciously do take action in in intellectualizing that which is meant to just be felt and experienced and when we can, you know, learn that process of dropping into our body and using our body as a compass versus literally falling into this like analysis paralysis over literally every fucking thing that we experience. I think we create a lot of internal freedom and we create a lot of safety for our, within our human experience, which is very nuanced and flowy and so many things at once that it doesn't have to be this like cohesive, logical, intellectualized thing that we try to make sense of, you know, feelings mm-hmm. get to be literally an experience that you're mm-hmm. experiencing, and that we get to remember that the the, the meaning we give those feelings is mm-hmm. really what is, is what they're going to be. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no! Go. What were you going to say? I was just going to say. Um, I just love that you brought that piece up because, Mm -hmm. as somebody who spent so much of their life speaking from me personally to me personally or about me personally, (laughs) however that sentence fucking is formed, um, as someone who experienced so much, just like going through the trenches of my mind, just thinking that there was something wrong with me. Why am I like this? Like just constantly like at odds. It wasn't until I literally started taking a body approach to my evolution and to my connection with myself that I was getting, I got off the fucking hamster wheel of trying to fix myself and just became Mm. able to be in relationship with all parts of myself and realizing that they're part, all part of my wholeness, like all parts are, are welcome, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Honoring that. Like
1: that's so huge for you and how freeing I think. uh, Well, you know, emotions are just energy in motion, Mm. except we don't allow them to move. We force them to get stuck. (laughs) So what would it mean? To just let an emotion be there. Emotions take like just under 90 seconds to move. Mm-hmm. Yet when we feel something, it's within less than a second where we've already attached a thought to it. Yeah. And so what would it mean to when you feel something in your body, just accept it that it's there. Just breathe into it. Let it be there. No thought, just keep breathing. 90 seconds will pass and then you can move on with your day. Mm -hmm. If there is something to be learned, then ask, what's it here to teach me? Mm -hmm. So that we actually get to the real root of it as opposed to jumping to thought. And then all of a sudden, your reaction time is slowed all the way down. And that defensive feeling that you may have gotten in your stomach that wants you to fight back or defend your point, all of a sudden, it's like slowed all the way down. You can choose to be more respectful. You get to communicate more embodied and then all of a sudden your relationships start to you know transform the barrier is that we don't actually know about feelings so mm-hmm. what i would re- recommend is just look it up look up a feeling wheel normally feelings come from anger sadness joy fear or sexual creativity right so just like start with all of them chances are one of those feelings another feeling that you have is going to stem from one of them or a few of them so if you can just try and identify fear anger sadness joy or sexual which is kind of like a creative like growth like innovation feeling Mm. then just like start there and then ask it what's it what's it
0: here to teach me yeah that's so beautiful thank you so much for sharing that and I I love the way that you I love the way that you explain um, and dive into these conversations. It's such a, like a, such a grounded yeah. energy, Allie. <laughs> I, I, that. I love it. I'm not
1: here to, yeah, I'm not here to get it right. So yeah. therefore uh, I'm just, I don't know. Let's just have a chat. Like yeah. everyone's here for a different, you know, experience. This is what feels on my heart and on my soul to share. So it comes across really effortlessly but best believe if I was asked to talk about something I don't know anything the fuck about like I'd be stumbling along <laughs> my work, So
0: yes and you know I think that really leads into the the piece around you know disrupting current structures and like busting through glass ceilings and just you know that like piece around like not having to get it right and not having to be perfect. And like, what does it, like, what does it actually mean to you to like disrupt structures and to like bust through those glass ceilings? Like, what does that actually like, yeah, mean to you specifically? Mm. (sighs) I think that
1: I, I, I just think my energy, I, sometimes I can't explain it as a, Projector, if we are like talking, if we can rely on human design for a second, like when I found out that I was a projector and that sometimes I know things without understanding Mm -hmm. why I know them, I was like, oh, well, that makes me just like relinquish a whole bunch of needing to explain (laughs) myself all the time. This is one of those areas where sometimes I can't explain why I'm disruptive um, or why I feel the need to maybe create. To 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 make change, but as a projector, I'm here to make things better, and to to not invent the wheel like manifestors are here to do, but reinvent. And so that could mean me, you know, I get to reinvent or I get to disrupt what I know, and that means that I'm always asking why, and that aligns with my values of curiosity. Like I'm not attached to any i mean let me say that, that's so high and mighty i'm absolutely attached to so many things in my experience and i'm and i'm assuming that if one of my roles i e as a coach was or a teacher was taken away from me i would feel like i lost a limb and i'm learning to detach from the things in my life so i think it starts with me first and foremost is like disrupting my way of thinking and feeling and seeing the world and my perspective and that goes back to even the God conversation and being able to reclaim certain words and then that has just translated into the areas in which I've worked you know like even if you take like dance and disability the way that I've created you know when you think about dance and disability I'm assuming like some Everyone would be able to create some sort of image in their head, making not a lot of money or, you know, maybe having a community center where you teach and it's like this, oh, that sounds really nice yet as someone that runs a dance company for, for a dance company for people with disabilities making 15k a month living overseas having a beautiful house like all this kind of stuff i've disrupted that whole fucking glass ceiling of like well if you work in the dance industry and you work with people with disabilities you're only you're this is this is it for you you're capped and i'm like fuck that i actually want to be successful and i can be successful and i can make the money i want and speak from my heart. And it doesn't have to be the way it's been done before. I'm not afraid of just asking gatekeepers to just like, let me through. You know what I mean? Like I'm here. I don't know why sometimes I can't answer that, but there's such an intuitive instinctive, like, no, I know what I want. And so whether there's a glass ceiling there or not, like, it's just always felt really natural for me to just push through that. And that's why a lot of my clients come to me being like, how. Like what, 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 what do I do? How do I do that? And I don't have any medicine for it, but it does stem from this like self-trust. Like let's like figure out like where you've come from, where you want to be and what's getting in the way.
0: Mm, Fuck. I love that. Thank you. That's amazing. And it's so fucking cool to, to hear you speak into like you not needing to know why or how it's like, I'm just going to follow that. Yes. And it really kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, to keep saying yes, like that self-trust of like, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know that this is my fucking life to live. This is the path that I'm here to like play full out. And I trust myself to hold the energy of whatever comes my way. Like that's so powerful. And I love how you were able to explain too, like, you know, in an industry where there typically is this like, glass ceiling and people kind of put these barriers on what they're capable of you're like no like i'm here to fucking disrupt this shit and show you what's possible and be the embodied leader that is shining a light on to where you get to go next when you stop like holding pigeonholing yourself or being pigeonholed by others like that's so fucking amazing thank you
1: i appreciate that
0: yeah, girlfriend. So that actually leads me to my last question. And it's beautiful because this is something that, you know, I ask every single person that comes on the show, but it just so happens to be extremely related to the work that you do. And so I always ask, what does being an embodied leader mean to you?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's it's connecting with the body for the answers. It's It's being me it's accessing the inner wisdom and being able to connect with the purpose that God created for me and being guided by that every day as a way of trusting the decisions I make, um, landing the opportunities that, that I, that I come across it's just, uh, I love that quote by Brene Brown, which is like, who we are is how we lead. That is, I think, really, it, it complements this embodied leadership because who I am is who, how I lead. And 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 who I am is all of my experiences, all of my thoughts, all of my memories, all of my life, just in this one physical body, um, but so connected to the infinite, the divine, the unseen, the unknown. So I have like all of this extra wisdom that is like packaged in this like little body kind of thing. So it's a messy answer, but sometimes once again, like it's hard to explain that because it is a feeling. Yeah. It's a
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No, thank you. That was beautiful and so relatable. And I just, I love the way that you show up in life, the way that you hold your fucking magnetism like speaking with you it's so clear that you are deeply embodied within who you are and that is such a gift to the world like it's such a gift when we arrive in a place in our life where we are able to claim that and it, mm. and feel it you know mm. it's like mm. that level of self-trust that is really what helps us continue to carry forward the mission that god's placed on our heart and it's just so mm. beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice Uh, to finally connect. Yes, girlfriend. Well, I'd love for you to share with people where they can find you and what you've got going on. Hmm, thank you. So Instagram is the best place.
1: Uh, My handle is at Allie Phillips. So A-L-I, Phillips with two L's dot official. And then my website is under construction. So just chill on that for a sec. My business's Instagram is bamdance underscore. It's a vibe. It is so much fun to go and check that out. Currently, I am taking one-on-one leadership clients, not limited to the dance, fitness, wellness space, but anyone that wants to take more aligned and conscious action in their life, seeking personal lifestyle, financial freedom. Um, I, If there are dance, fitness, wellness instructors listening, I have a 10-week uh, dance teacher training program, which yes, has the word dance in it, but it is not specific to the, um, the any type of genre, syllabus, uh, student movement modality. And it really develops our self-awareness as uh, teachers so that we can show up more embodied for our students. Um, if there's anyone on here that is disabled, has anyone that has a disability that would love to dance, BAM is where it's at. We have online classes, hybrid classes in Toronto and Brisbane, Australia, if your community reaches. Um, and then, yeah, just connect. I'm like, my third value is, is connection. So I love conversation. Um, no surface level shit. I just can't do it, but I highly doubt (laughs) that anyone in your community is surface level.
0: So deep conversations, calm chat. I'm just really, yeah. Thank you for having me, babe. Oh, amazing. And everyone listening, I'll make sure that I put the links to get in contact with Allie in the show notes. Thank you so much for everyone to everyone for being here today and for taking the time to dive into this beautiful conversation Definitely feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you took away from the episode, and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Embodied Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us reach more coaches and entrepreneurs just like you. And also, don't forget to check out our blog each week, which you'll find in the show notes. I would absolutely love for you to take a screenshot and share this episode to your Instagram stories and tag me at I am Rachel Fisher. I can't wait to see you next week. Talk to you soon.